Amen, saints, sheep. Turn, if you would, please, one last time to Psalm 23 today. Psalm 23. This is my, expect this will be the last time we will look at this, although I heard some good feedback, various and sundry of y'all, that this has been an encouragement to your soul. I'll tell you, it certainly has been to mine. Desire that it would be to you as well as we started this year with the month of January, focusing on life in the sheepfold of the Good Shepherd. Because, Lord, brethren, that's where I want us to always be pastorally, as an under shepherd, an under sheepherd, as it will. That's what I want for you, for me, more than anything in the world, is that you would be deeply satisfied in the fold of the Good Shepherd. That you would find the things of which we have heard in Psalm 23 to be true. In the, you know, we've all heard this psalm since we were children, probably memorized it, but that the realities spoken here would be food for you and that they would be uh, just representative of the deepest reality and life that you have in the Lord day to day, Monday through Sunday. Brethren, if you would then, let's stand together and let's hear the word of the Lord. Psalm 23, as we will be focusing particularly on verse 5 this day. The word of the Lord. The Lord, Jehovah, is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the good word of the Lord. May He take it and apply it deeply into our hearts. You may be seated, brethren. Well, as we have been studying through this beloved psalm, you may have noticed... I mentioned previously that there's been a progression from the beginning, and it follows kind of the, the annual cycle that the shepherd would lead his sheep. During the colder winter months, he would lead them down into the lowlands, and they would uh, winter there. He would have hay and things provided for them there in the cold months, the winter when the, it was too cold to be up in the mountains and the weather was too inclement. He would bring them to the lowlands, but then as the spring would come on and coming into summer, he would bring them out and he would have gone ahead in the early spring and he would have already gone up into those mountains a few times to have searched out and prepared places for them at the higher levels as the warmer months came in. Sheep have very thick wool and uh, they get hot and warm and overheat very easily. So shepherd will invariably lead them into higher elevations for the summer months. 
So there's been a progress, as we've seen, that he has prepared the green pastures, the living waters. But then as he leads them upward, higher up, further up, further in, he leads them higher ground through valleys. And sometimes those valleys, necessarily the ways to those higher grounds, are valleys with steep cliffs on the sides, valleys of danger. There's grass there. There's water in those valleys coming down from the higher mountains, uh, running off. But nevertheless, there are looking, lurking dangers there. The sheep, we saw in verse 4, take comfort in the presence of their shepherd, even as he leads them through those deep uh, crags uh, on the way up, knowing that they are protected by his rod and staff even there. As we get to verse 5 then, though we see that they are ascending out of the steep, narrow crags of life. They are ascending into what the old days they referred to as tablelands. Um, high mountain plateaus, the flatter regions within the high hills that would be very lush, green areas in the midst of the hills. Um, and the shepherd is leading them up to these tablelands. So to that end then, I want us to see today this is what David is alluding to here, that our good shepherd, your good shepherd, he leads his sheep. He prepares tables before them. He prepares good places for them to graze and feed and to be nourished and encouraged. And often, we're going to see that's even right in the middle, not necessarily in the absence of enemies, but right in the middle of the looking, lurking gaze of the enemies. And I hope that brings comfort to you, saints. In this world, we will have trouble. The fact is, there will always be, until the uh, restoration of all things, there will be looking and lurking enemies, both visible and invisible, <laughs> that will be drooling over the mutton down in the tablelands. Sheep are not, sheep teeth don't scare anything. They don't have any means natively by which to defend themselves. Brethren, their defense is of the Lord. Their defense is of their good shepherd. And in the presence of the good shepherd, even weak, foolish sheep are safe. And they will eat well and they will be provided for. So let's consider first of all, as I put here in your outline, the first thing to see, the Lord, verse 5a, the Lord prepares tables. Or as I think the allusion here is, I think rightly, for the sheep, he prepares table lands for his sheep, as I said, they would, the shepherd would lead his sheep up into these mountain plateau pastures uh, in the higher elevations in the summer. And these tablelands, like I said, plateaus, they're high plains, tablelands, an area of highland usually consisting of relatively flat terrain, raised significantly above the surrounding area and usually has one or more sides kind of with deep hills on the sides. And this is a very common thing. We've seen pictures of these sorts of things, you know, and uh, in, in areas where they do a lot of sheeping uh, in Europe. But this was also true uh, even, even in Israel. While Israel is a more barren land in many ways, the higher elevations, there's more green. There's more lush as you get into those higher elevations. And he would lead the sheep up those to the greener pastures on high and for their cooling. 
the shepherd would go ahead, as I mentioned, and he would prepare these things in advance. In the early spring, he would make trips up to prepare and scope out these tablelands for the sheep to come in the, in the summer months. He would go ahead of them, and first of all, he would prepare and take with him uh, uh, what we call salt and minerals um, up into these tablelands. And he would strategically place these at certain places because the sheep, just like us, Sheep have need of nutrients, and, and they don't often get that, strictly speaking, just off, with, off the forage in the area. They can, there's plenty to eat, but it's kind of like when we take supplements, right? You know, I can eat a good meal, but we take supplements to maybe supplement things that we need. The sheep, the good shepherd would always, he would take minerals. Uh, well, we, I know growing up in Texas, we always referred to these things as a salt lick. You may have heard of these. Uh, I remember back in Austin where I grew up, we even had a restaurant, a famous barbecue restaurant in South Austin called the Salt Lick. If you're ever in Austin, I'd highly recommend it. But uh, it would have the sheep the same thing, to get their minerals, get their supplements, that they would have all that they need health-wise. He would go and look at these places, and he would mark out strategic sites on these wide, lush plains for camping. For to set up the shepherd's tent, the shepherd's camp there in the midst, and to lead the sheep, uh, the best areas where the best forage and the least obstacles. He would mark these out and prepare the place to go. He would uh, be checking in advance, preparing the status of the grass and forage. How long is it? How well is it growing? Are there, again, impediments? Are there uh, rocks and things that need to be cleared out that are blocking the streams of waters that need to be there? Um, he would be looking to see, additionally, not only the status of the grass and forage to mark out and identify the best places for the sheep to go over the coming months. He would also be very much on the lookout for poisonous, toxic plants, which this is a common problem, I found, uh, is that at these higher elevations, you get these lush green and lots of things growing at these higher elevations. But amongst those, there's also lots of very pretty, often they're really nice to look at, but very poisonous and deadly to sheep, things that tend to just grow wild out of the ground, both flowers as well as like berries and stuff. A good shepherd, he is going and he is looking to see in these tablelands, where do I need to, A, keep my sheep away from that? Or often, a sh the shepherd, along with maybe a few others, would go up in those early spring months and would spend significant time actually removing, pulling out D. <laughs> these poisonous, toxic plants so that he could graze his sheep there without fear. Um, this was a common thing. As I was reading uh, just a study, it was really interesting how common of a problem this is, sheep dying or being paralyzed and even dying from just eating you know, a little bit of this toxic plants or poisonous flowers that just literally kill them. Um, it, it's very common. So the shepherd is doing all of this, and the reality is, brethren, that, you know, sheep, being sheepish, they are just kind of compelled. They, sheep, they see it, they eat it. It's like a teenager, right? It's, uh, you know, they, they, the sheep, uh, maybe like goats almost, they, they like to try and sample everything. Despite knowing there may be toxic plants, they see, ooh, that's pretty, you know. But brethren, our good shepherd, he has gone before you. He has come. He has already been here. He has gone ahead as the good shepherd, and he is preparing, and he goes ahead even before you and I get to where he's going to lead us to go. That should be comforting. No matter where my shepherd is going to lead me this year, he has already knows where it is, and he is already preparing the future for where he's going to lead me in that place so that it will be a place fit 
for me to grace. He goes ahead, he removes and overcomes circumstances or temptations that would be too much for me. That would otherwise bring disease or paralysis or spiritual death and destruction to me. Remember Jesus, he speaks to Peter on the night of his betrayal, Jesus. And he says, Peter, Peter, in Luke 22, Jesus prayed for Peter. He said, you're going to be tempted tonight and you're going to fail. You just told me, Peter, that I will go with you to the end. And I've told you that the cock is going to, before it ties three times, you're going to deny me. But, here, but he gives him these comforting words. Jesus says, G- P- Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Peter. I already have prayed for you for what's coming. That your faith would not utterly fail. And that when you have returned, strengthen your brethren. Brethren, do you see that? Our scriptures tell us that Jesus ever lives to intercede. Can I tell you that our Lord Jesus right now in the heavens, not only does he know you by name, but he has already been praying. He is already praying for what's going to come, the obstacles, the dangers that are going to come towards you tomorrow, next week, next month. And his prayers are heard. Brethren, because of that, Jesus is already preparing what's ahead of you. And it will be a place where you will be able to thrive, survive, and even thrive in Him. And it will be preserved from things that will utterly destroy you. He also, a good shepherd leads the sheep into, He scopes out places of sufficient waters. I've mentioned this previously, but sheep have to have ponds and areas of good, clean water. But sheep being sheep, they tend to stomp in them. They get mud in them. They urinate in them. They will ruin them. They'll get parasites and all sorts of things in the water supplies, the shepherd will go up into these tablelands and make sure in the spring that there is sufficient running waters and that is unimpeded by rocks or soil and things that may have gotten on there over the winter. And he will clear them out, dig them out, so that there is plenty of clean, pure water for the sheep. And isn't that also the way our Lord does? That he makes sure that we have free access to the living waters of the Spirit, the words of life. I remember that Jesus has told us in John 6, 63, you remember there he says to Peter and the apostles, he says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. John 4, he speaks there of living waters, which the one would drink and would not continually be thirsty like they would at Jacob's wells. And they would actually become in him living waters coming out. And in John 7, 39, he explicitly says that those living waters are a reference to the Holy Spirit whom the Lord would give to his people. Brethren, Jesus has already prepared open pathways for the work of his own spirit to satiate your thirsty souls in the places where he's going to lead you. If you're feeling spiritually dry, and ask the Lord to lead you to living waters. Ask the Lord in faith to quench your thirst with his personal presence, his peace, his power. To be filled with the Spirit. To be encouraged with the Spirit. And I, brethren, remind you, Jesus told us, he said that the Lord freely, the Father who is not stingy but is liberal in his giving, he will freely give the Holy Spirit to all who ask him. Brethren, I know that you have had the Spirit since the day you were saved. And you were called by and you have the spirit of adoption in you. But brethren, the scripture tells us to be daily also filled with the spirit. And it's not like the spirit is just some substance. 
We see the Spirit poured out upon His people, though, repeatedly. We need a daily anointing. You do. I do. I need in the morning to say, Lord Jesus, anoint me afresh today with Your Spirit, with Your power and Your presence in my life, that I may stand and have joy and have Your peace and have Your power upon my life. Brethren, you and I desperately need that. And I remind you, brethren, that the Spirit is none other than the Spirit of Jesus Christ Himself. He is a person. You need the person of Christ, though unseen. You need His powerful presence with you. So often, brethren, we have not because we ask not. We get to the end of our day and we think, man, I've struggled and struggled with temptation or testings or I've fallen into this, my mouth you know, or, or this or that, and we, and, I, and we start to say, did I say, at the beginning of my day, did I consecrate myself and say, Lord, this day would you anoint me with your spirit and help me to stand, help me to feed on you and to be satisfied in you this day. Brethren, let me exhort you, do that. Drink of the Lord. Ask his presence to your life to consecrate you, maybe before you get out of the bed in the morning. Honestly, I find myself frequently these days laying in bed in the morning and under, under that sheet pulled up, muttering to the Lord under my breath, Lord, help me today. Spirit of Jesus Christ, help me now before I get out of bed for what I'm going to be facing today. Brethren, I can testify to you, I have seen His power working in my life when I but ask Him to do so. The Good Shepherd also goes and looks out and He's on the search out for signs or the footprints of predators. When he goes to those tablelands, he's looking. Have there been, is there evidence of wolves or bears or things that like to eat sheep? Or come in and make stealthy raids into my flock overnight and come back in the next morning and find dead sheep? Is there evidence of their tracks? He is scoping these things out and the good shepherd will go out and actually hunt them down or set traps. Set traps for predators even before he leads his sheep up in the spring. He's already preparing for the things that would do harm to his, pe- his she- shepherd, his sheep, so that they can rest and eat and drink in peace. So, brethren, you would come under far more spiritual attack, I assure you, were it not for the fact that the Lord has already gone ahead of you and placed hedges. Brethren, I assure you, the demons are watching you. <laughs> and they are way more in number than you and I. You say, well, Brethren, the reason is is that the Lord has set shields about you. There is angelic host watching over you, and this is because Jesus has already gone ahead and prayed for you and prepared these for you. Brethren, He will protect you. Step into this. Keep near to the Lord. He will deliver you from both visible enemies you can see as well as from invisible ones you can't. Our shepherd is alert to tend to his flock, even on the tablelands, to prepare places for them safe from predators, keeping an ever-watchful eye on them to prevent our falling to attack. Brethren, he knows the stealthy schemes. He knows the tactics of our accusing enemy, the enemy of our souls, who goes about like a roaring lion, Scripture says, seeking whom he may devour. The one who seeks to destroy the lives, souls, marriages, families, churches, nations. Brethren, I can assure you when there, is, when there is dissension and disunity and attacks within a church, that's sure evidence that the enemy has been working there. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, my good shepherd, defend us today by your spirit. 
work in us to deliver us from the unseen enemies of our souls and their schemes, their fiery darts, that we may be able to lift that shield of faith. We might run to you as our refuge. Sheep must be steadfast to pray, lest they become prey. Let me say that again. Sheep, we must be steadfast to be praying daily. Lord, deliver us from the evil one, lest we become prey. We must be constant in prayers, lest we become lunch for the prayers. Sheep must be hearing and heeding God's word of life, lest we become a byword on the danger of neglecting the dangers that the Lord has warned us about. Saints, keep near to your Lord. He has prepared tables for you, even in the presence of enemies, and you will not lack. I love the words of that hymn, A Mighty Fortress. We sing this often, but you remember this? And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear. Why? For God has willed, and our good shepherd has provided his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness, grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure. Lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. Brethren, we are safe in the presence of the Lord. The enemies of our souls seeing us feeding on the good things of the Lord, of His Spirit, even in the midst of dangers. They can see and they can envy and they can fret, but they can't keep us from being satisfied on the Lord. We can laugh and feast in the presence of enemies and overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil as we proclaim His Word, praise His name, and pray in the Spirit. Brethren, that's what He's saying. There are tables before us even in the presence of enemies. Number two, because the Lord is your wise, strong, and good shepherd. He also will anoint your head with the oil of the Spirit and cause the cup of your life to overflow with good things. The shepherd also would regularly with his sheep, when he got them up into those upper pastures, sheep are, because of their wool, they are notorious uh, uh, magnets for uh, ticks, for fleas, parasites, it's just like a magnet. They tend to, these things come at them and they are afflicted readily and repeatedly. So what the shepherd will do is he would, at the very beginning of the summer, he would put on and anoint the sheep's oil, especially on their, their, their wool on their head, with linseed oil mixed usually with like sulfur, sometimes with a little bit of tar to make it stick. But what it would do is that these, and sometimes with spices that would be repellent, But what these would do is when he anointed their head, immediately the bugs flying around them and buzzing around their eyes and getting in there and depositing their little eggs, the parasites in their wool, immediately they would go away. It was like, just like a mosquito repellent. And the sheep then would be at peace. They would be at peace and they would not be afflicted by the constant irritants buzzing around them and causing problems. From the pests, the parasites, the recurring applications, uh, uh, irritants. The sheep's oil, the oil was also given and put on the sheep's, uh, not on their wool and on their head, to present the, uh, to prevent what was called scab. It's a disease that would get on the sheep's skin, causing their wool to fall out. But sheep would rub up against each other, or sometimes in their foolishness would even butt heads, and this, and this disease on their skin would then spread to other sheep. Right? 
like leprosy. And next thing you know, a shepherd would have multiple, multiple sheep with these huge blotches and wool falling out and all these things. But when he would apply the oil to their head, it would keep them from butting up against one another. And it would actually cause this scab to cease. And so that the parasites that would cause it wouldn't be transported and infect the whole flock. So it actually brought peace and prosperity within the flock when he would anoint this oil to the head. And then lastly, if they get into the summer months, at the end, as they move into the autumn and it starts to cool down, before they go down, that's actually sheep mating season. And what would happen is the rams would begin to actually fight for the affections of the ewes. And you would see this thing where the rams would be going. We've all seen pictures you know, of rams butting horns, you know, going after each other. Sometimes deep into the night, you would hear these things, and you would hear the clacking of horns deep into the night. They were fighting over the affection of use. So what the shepherd would do is he would, there was an oil, he would, it was actually had like a grease that he would put on the uh, ram's heads so that when they did that and they would hit each other, instead of hitting head on what they, and knocking each other out and, and injuring one another, what they would do is they would hit and they would slide right off of each other. Reduce the friction and reduce the injury. Preserve the rams from their folly and their, their aggression and their stupidity. But in all of these ways, the oil would preserve the flock. And brethren, you know this is. The oil is, in Scripture, it's the anointing of the Spirit again. We see this coming up again and again. The presence and the power of the Spirit of Christ. The shepherd, your good shepherd, daily applies the oil of God's Word and truth of the Spirit of Christ to your head, to your minds and to your hearts, to ward off the flies and the bugs of life that literally bug you and irritate you. People, events, circumstances that would irritate and frustrate you and make you unsettled, lacking peace, even damage to your soul. Brethren, when the oil of the anointing of the Spirit is on your head and on your life, it's funny how those things just cease. And how even the, the flies, it's not that the flies aren't there anymore, but they're just not flying around your head. They're not irritating and causing you problems. Because the Spirit of Christ is on you. And you're seeing Jesus. And you're focused and fixated on Jesus and His power and His presence so that these things are not ensnaring you. Our minds, emotions, wills, brethren, are constantly exposed and are butting up against the minds and emotions and wills of worldly people and thinking ideas all day long. Not just people, but it's even on social media and the things you read. and It's, all, it's just ubiquitous. How do you keep your mind pure? How do you keep your heart pure and stayed on Christ with peace in His presence in the midst of enemies? Brethren, it's only in having the mind of Christ, the truth and the Spirit of Christ governing our thoughts, emotions, wills, that we are preserved and that we thrive. It's, brethren, it's to the degree that we set our minds on what is true, noble, just, pure, lovely, well-reported, virtuous, and praiseworthy, as Philippians 4 8 says. It is to the degree that in all things, instead of walking in anxiety and fear, that with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, we are taking our praises and our prayers to the Lord, and we are receiving that peace that passes all understanding that wards off the flies and the irritants and the difficulties that would otherwise undo us in our souls. And you know what happens? When that happens is that the cup of our lives overflow. Brethren, when the sheep have peace, 
our lives overflow with the good things of the Spirit and His Word, with joy and desire and delight in His presence. The cup is filled with the words and the presence, the peace, the power of Spirit of Christ with us, God for us and with us, an awareness of His presence and His Word in our hearts. It will overflow in satisfied serenity, first of all. In the midst of wherever you are, you will find peace in the midst of the storm. But it also overflows not only with satisfied serenity, but with sanctified suffering. Brethren, you Christians, you will have times where you're going to suffer. I know I don't need to tell you that. But brethren, for those who are in the presence of their good shepherd and eating and feeding on his table lands in his presence, even suffering and difficulties in your life will just become pathways to joy and blessing in him, to transformation into his image. Brethren, he can cause all things truly to work together for your good. He will keep him, Isaiah says, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. How can it truly be well with your soul, brethren, in times of peace and sorrow? Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control. Christ has regarded your helpless estate. He has provided and shed his own blood for your soul, and he has promised he will give you the Holy Spirit, and he will lavish the Spirit on you to uphold you so that you shall not want. Jesus emptied himself so that your cup and life could overflow no matter where you are. So here's my closing questions then, brethren. Sheep number one. For us sheep as sheep, are you staying close to your shepherd? To hear, to under his watchful gaze. Brethren, are you staying close to hearing his voice? I remind you, brethren, it's not like, it's not like, um, you know, here's the flock next to the shepherd, and suddenly the shepherd looks up, and suddenly one of the sheep has gone from right underneath his nose. You know who the, who the wolves get? The wolves invariably will get the sheep that have wandered off. The ones that have wandered far away from the gaze of the shepherd, away from his comforting voice. They've gone to search out their own ways. They're sitting, sitting prey for the enemies. Brethren, when I as a pastor and I see the sheep wandering astray, I, as the Lord does, we're going to seek to use that rod, I mean to use a staff and bring you back in because I know there's wolves out there and they're hungry for your sheep flesh. They would like to devour you as a lion. I exhort you, brethren, stay near to the Lord. Don't let a day go by that you don't ask the Lord, Lord Jesus, today I need the anointing of your spirit. I need to hear your voice. I need to drink of the living waters. Are you feeding and drinking in his table land that he's prepared for you? Seeking sustenance from the living and spiritual words of life? As I said, and asking for the daily anointing of his spirit's presence, power, and peace in your life so that your cup will overflow no matter what comes to you during the day. And lastly, for us, for you shepherds, because all of us are shepherds, are we not, as well as sheep? You've got people that you're called to look over their souls. Are you preparing and leading your sheep, the ones under your care? Are you looking for tablelands of good pasture for them? You're preparing waters in hostile, wicked world. Fathers, in your households, 
are you striving, especially for you with younger ones, to set a course to prepare every day? Lord, kids, we're going to come together and for a brief moment we're going to hear the words of our Good Shepherd. We're going to hear His voice. We're going to pray and ask that the Holy Spirit would be upon us and fill us and on, our, on, our, on us and He would lead us today in the paths of righteousness and bless us. Rather than family devotions, just being in the Word of God and in prayer, I can't stress it enough. This is how we prepare good table lands and pastures for our families in the midst of a world and a crooked generation. There's no substitute. And are you daily anointing the heads and of your children and your wives in prayer? Men, I want to exhort you the same way. No matter how old your kids are, make sure that not a day goes by that you're not praying with and for them whether it's in the morning or before you go to bed tonight or others, that your kids know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to stop and I'm going to say, you know, Ethan, Nathan, whatever I say, I'm going to pray over you and for you. And praying in secret, Lord, would you bless my children? Bless these sheep. Would you preserve them from danger? Would you cause their way to be straight? Keep them from walking astray and eating poisonous toxins. Preserve their souls, brethren. He will do so. You took vows to pray with and for them. I exhort you to do so. So brethren, as we finish Psalm 23 then, I'm just going to tell us as we go forward to whatever the Lord is going to lead us into individually as a church. Brethren, I pray that this year we will walk with the Good Shepherd. I pray that you will know His presence and power in your life and His comfort more than ever before. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. Lord, our good shepherd has indeed prepared tables, table lands, and high places. And he has gone ahead of us, though unseen, even into what is coming into our lives today, next week, next month, next year. And he is already going ahead and in prayer, praying for us. And he is already going and preparing this future to which he's leading us. So that we need not fear it. Because I know that you will lead us and provide for us with good things of the Spirit, the Word and the Spirit and the fellowship of the saints, the presence, power, and peace of Christ, if we will but look for it and ask for it. I pray for each of us here, Lord, would you keep us near. Not a single one of us, old or young, would wander astray from the voice of the Spirit of the Lord, from your Word, from the fellowship of the saints. Lord, and I pray that your anointing would be upon us on our heads, every one of us, Father, and that our cups would overflow. Lord, we commit ourselves now to you, our good shepherd, in Jesus' name, amen.